right, welcome back to the 9 o'clock hour on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, let's welcome in our Wednesday co-host, uh, David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out CougarCollision.com. That would be a busy place, Cougar Paint and Collision, at this time of the year, I would think. I think it's always busy. I don't mean it in that sense. I mean, I know it's always busy uh, with cars and vehicles coming in, but I think people are always dropping off something. You know, you're dropping off a a tray or you're dropping off maybe, you know, a little bit of... uh, uh, you know, lubrication, you know, in the sense of, uh, you know, thank you very much for fixing my truck and da 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 da. Here's a little something for my appreciation and da 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 da. It's 40 years for them, too. True. It is that yeah. time of the year. And they so, are a, a great family around. run yeah. business. Speaking of dropping off things like that, we were having our potluck here and we were talking with the Duke and, uh, I think he's was he's been he was getting the gears a lot on our text line about really? not preparing something for a potluck, going somewhere and buying something. Pillman texted in and said, "What I usually do is buy ten rotten Ronnie cheeseburgers, cut them up, and he says people love them." So I, is it offside? I mean, <laughs> is it offside, Schlimmer? If you were to go to a potluck and show up with something that is not homemade, put your love into it, your heart into it. Well, Do you that's, care? That's tough. I think if you get creative and you bring something everyone loves, like McDonald's cheeseburgers, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> if you just stop at Safeway and grab some crummy box of whatever dessert bars, maybe that's <laughs> that's a little offside for a potluck. Oh, well, the Duke has been getting it from a few guys. Uh, text coming in. I'm going to get to this one. Eden Father Various, one 1440 Good morning. Asking for a friend. What is slower, Stuart Skinner's side-to-side movement or Connor Brown's shot release? Uh, thank you. <laughs> well, did you see the side-to-side movement Skinner had on the power play when he stopped Brock Nelson, I think that was pretty damn good, wasn't it? On oh, that backdoor pass, that's yes. exactly what I was thinking. You know, like, come on. That was pretty good. Eden, wake up, man. There's nothing uh, wrong with it. But uh, then, I mean, he, the first goal the first goes, goal. goes right through his chest kind of. I mean, there. again. And, that's a bit of a killer. That was a killer. Like, those ones, you have to totally smother those. You have to absorb it. Yeah. And for it to bounce just directly behind you and have an empty net for Anders Lee. It's a tough one. Yes. Uh, overall thoughts on the game last night, David Schlemko. Um, You know what? I thought they were pretty good five on five. I thought they carried the play. Um, I think they could take a note out of the Islanders' playbook, though, playing away from the puck. Uh, I listened to uh, Knobloch's interview coming in here. Mm-hmm. I just thought the one thing he didn't mention was just the desperation the Islanders had, like the commitment they had to team defense to – blocking shots and you know I, I heard Laddie talking on here last week about it's not just the D right it's a it's five guys and the goalie out there it's a commitment to team defense and I think you saw that with the Islanders last night uh, I was looking at the stats this morning I think the blocks were like 22 22 to 8 the hits were like 25 to 9 it's it's the little intangible things like the Islanders looked like they were playing a playoff game last night where I don't think you see that kind of desperation in the D zone, that commitment to defense from the Oilers. I do think they had 22 block shots. I don't think they had the 35 hits. I know for a fact that on the island, it is 
skewed a little bit for stats. That's true. That's that fourth line is <laughs> first and I mean, second all time. <laughs> like, come on, like let's be honest. So that's fair. Yeah, but, but I, I, mean, I think they did have twenty two blocks. Yeah, which, I don't think that takes away from the point of they look the commitment paying the price. Yeah, exactly. They looked like a playoff team last night. I mean, they were they were outplayed. I think definitely five on five. And, uh, you know, they still find a way to win that game. Going into the game, the Islanders had uh, the 32nd ranked penalty kill unit at 70.8%. Yeah. But it didn't look anything like that last night. How come? Uh, you got to give them a lot of credit. I think they did a lot of uh, video getting well prepared mm-hmm. for that first unit. Um, you could tell, like, the couple of the plays they try to usually run there, um, that low to the pop-out to the slot there. Uh, Romanov made a really good read on that play. It's like you could see it coming before the puck even went down low. Um, McDavid tried that quick little in-tight play to Dreisaitl on the backhand in the slot there. They shut that down hard. It's almost like they were expecting it. So that was a good pre-scout by the Islanders, and they did a good job. And their power—they have—they have some firepower. I mean, oh, there's yeah. no question, no denying that they showed that on their own power play. Again, that first goal, eh, but these—they had a lot of chances. That Nelson one, the goal was great. Yep. What did you, what did you make though of the the PK, uh, the Oilers power play with the five on three? Everyone, you know, you got a minute. Everyone's going okay. You should be able to score in a minute. But yeah. was there something you saw on that particular Islanders penalty kill that snuffed things out for the Oilers? Yeah, I think they were kind of giving McDavid the opportunity to walk down on his forehand there, and they Shoot. were really taking away Dreisaitl back door on okay. the flank there. And Fair. even the one shot he got away, they were all over it. They were reading it. I think it got blocked, or the goalie was over anyways. And uh, Sezikis had a real nice block on the Bouchard shot. I think if that gets through, it's probably going in low blocker. But, um, mm-hmm. again, it's just a good pre-scout, a good PK. I mean, I think the, the Oilers still had some chances, but, uh, well, they did a good job. When you were playing Dave Schlemko and the other team, or your team, was blocking a lot of shots, did anyone seem to shoot maybe a couple feet higher to deter some shot blocking? Why didn't we see maybe a little more of that last night? Well... I mean, I think you see that from guys with really heavy shots when you see the D starting to go down, when you can shoot it from far out and maybe hurt a guy. But I don't know if I saw as much of that last night. I was more like the wingers were doing a real good job of blocking shots and maybe up higher in the slot. So mm-hmm. I think what you got to do is look to the side of the net, look for shot passes, look for tips, look for second opportunities. Like Knobloch was saying this morning in the interview there, uh, they didn't really do quite a good enough job of working for second opportunities and getting to the net and finding those greasy ones. Dave Schlemko with us on Sports 1440. Tons of texts coming in. 1833-401-1440 from Tiger. Ooh. Hey, uh, Kelvin. <laughs> I just love it when he calls me Kelvin. You know, that's just great. Thanks, Tiger. Uh <laughs> I just realized uh, the only former players you have as guest hosts are goalies and defensemen. Why no love for the forwards? Is there? I never thought about it to be honest with you, Duke. It's a fair point. Yeah, we're very biased. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you? Were you were a D man, weren't you, Kevin? 
Back in the uh, no, back in well, your, your Melville no, Millionaires no, no, days, no, no, no. yeah, Humanity alumni. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 the Twin Towers back there. <laughs> so uh, we're we're very biased, but uh, we've had forwards on the show. Um, Biz converted defenseman <laughs> forward, uh, Vern. Vern uh, Fiddler. Fiddler, Shane Doan. We've had tons We've had of forwards. Forward. But I think he's just talking about guest co- yeah, just yeah, co-hosts. I, know, but, yeah. I mean, hey, yeah. what do you... We got to work with what we got our can get our hands on. Oh, forwards are kind of dumb when it yeah. comes also, to Also, yeah, like, <laughs> they don't see the game that well. Stanzi texts in, you wake up, Kevin. <laughs> I agree 100%. I think that's one big downfall Skinner has. He's slow, slow movement, almost like a delayed reaction. I don't know. I th- again, I thought he looked pretty good on the Brock Nelson come across. I do too. I mean, I'm. I think I'm he, not a goalie, so I'm yeah. not going to pretend that I. He's an know economical goaltender in movement. I think you could say that. I don't think he's it's a big reflexes. guy. Right? He's a big guy. That's what you want. You want to cut down angles and, but yeah, between Stanzi and whatever, you're not happy. Uh, tub guy texts in. Hey, guys, is Evan Bouchard on the ice for every single goal that the other team scored? No. <laughs> uh, what are the chances that we could package him and Campbell in return for Saros and Barry back? <laughs> well, after watching uh, Noah Dobson last night, ah, I surely make that swap in a heartbeat. He's <laughs> mm. uh, same same offensive upside, but he's really solid on the defensive side of the puck now, too. Uh, Eden comes back at me after him and Sostanzi and Eden are ganging up on me. They're ganging up. Uh, how did Skinner look on the Islanders' second and third goals? Holy cow, wow. One's a two-on-one, shorthanded. <laughs> and the other one is on a power play where not only did, uh, I mean, Bo Horvat really picked the corner on it. It was a great pass across. It's a, it was it's a, a shot play. from right inside the hash marks. It's tough. I mean, I... I don't blame Skinner on any the second or third goal at all. He's got to suffocate the first one, yep, absorb it, and that's about her. Um, time now for the uh, ski report, I think. Duke, have we got that ready to rock and roll before we take a break? Also, we're going to have uh, we, a quick little uh, detour here on our show at 9 o'clock. Zeke Thurston coming off another national finals rodeo championship. That's number four, correct, Duke? Four-time world Four, champion. Four-time world champion. Big Valley, Alberta. And I did a story on Zeke when he was a global athlete of the week. And this would be, how old is he now? Is he 27? Something, yeah, something like that. So I would have done this story probably close to 20 years ago. I think, oh, he, hey. think he remembers oh, Was he the mutton-busting champion no, or what? I got to think now. I'm going to go and back look in the archives just because this just came to us. So uh, before we take a quick break, uh, here's the Duke with the uh, Snow Valley Ski Report. Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Wednesday, December 20th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. While it might not look like it here around the capital region with our warm temperatures and dry conditions, there is good skiing to be had out in the man-made snow locally, but uh, a lot more at the mountain resorts. Marmot Basin, trace snow overnight, but their high alpine areas, including the Knob Quad Chair, still remain closed. No new snow in Banff for the past few days, but Sunshine Village has all lifts operating, including Goat's Eye and the Ski Out, now also in operation. Louise, all lifts running. More high alpine runs opening daily. Norquay, also all lifts running with 46 total in operation. 
Revelstoke, probably the best conditions right now. They've had 13 centimeters fresh snow in the last day with more expected as we approach the weekend. And the top of Revy, very good riding conditions while the lower mountain is still marginal and downloading is mandatory. Nikiska, 39 runs open and Castle Mountain has all lifts running, but they've had a bit of rain at lower elevations overnight, so look out for icy conditions. Panorama, 10 of 11 lifts and 139 runs open. Fernie, 7 centimeters new snow in the last day and Kicking Horse with 2 centimeters in the past 24 hours. Locally, all hills are open daily and the surrounding area. We've got Tawatina, Nighthawk by Grand Prairie and Vista Ridge by Fort McMurray, all open heading into the holidays. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Oh, good job, Duke. You, Duke. Just on fire today. <laughs> I eh? get, be- get better at reading every day, Kev. <laughs> Big Valley's just down the road from Delborn. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Delburn. Delburn. Not Delborn. There's, there's no O in there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, right. no, yeah. Lo- lo- local guy in my neck of the woods. Uh, Big Valley, very uh, prominent so, senior hockey program for a lot of years. But um, Zeke Thurston's got to be within a couple e- years of you, no? I think he's probably around the same age yeah. as I so am. So you didn't yeah. run he's, into him over the years? He's 29. He's a 94. Yeah. There so you go. Yeah, a year older than I am. Wow. There's no... I, I, it's so funny because he is a local guy, but uh, I didn't. We steered our... Because they're on the uh, other side of the highway. Like, we went down to Troshu, Elnora, Three Hills area more so. Not quite as far east. Like, I didn't know many kids from Stetler growing up. I know more now. And Stetler is closer than Big Valley is. Um, but the, the, it's more Stetler and Big Valley are kind of lumped together, whereas Delburn and Trocher are kind of lumped together hmm. in terms of your uh, high school party days, if that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, you had your, to your run town a, rivals. You had to run into this guy at some bush party. Well, I've watched him. I've watched him ride a lot of horses. How's that uh, at all the rodeos over the years, whether it be locally or at the the big stage CFR uh, on TV at the NFR. So you've been watching him like grow up doing this, basically. Oh, ba- I mean, yeah, he's he's a local celebrity, four time sure world champion. How can he not be? That's cool. I can't find any story that was done, but I know I did it because there was the the Hay brothers. <laughs> story Hay, Roddy, Oscar. and uh, I'm sure he'd remember it. Uh, he's not going to remember that. Oh yeah, and right. I might be a little off. If he's twenty nine, I'll bet you it's. Uh, 12 years ago, 13, he would have been in, in novice, novice Bronx, yeah. Not novice saddle. So we'll uh, hook up with Zeke Thurston when we come back. After the break, uh, four time world champion on Sports 1440, right after the break. Stay with us. Oh, that's uh, appropriate intro music for our next guest on Sports 1440. And sometimes our St. Albert Dodge game of the day is a preview of a game that's going to be happening tonight. Sometimes it's a a look back at what happened last night. It could be anything, but it's also someone having game and not just game of the day. How about uh, game of the year and game of the decades here? And that's what we're talking about with St. Albert Dodge and the game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Join in the holiday cheer. Help St. Albert Dodge fill their Ram 1500 with toys for the Salvation Army. Stop in and say hi at the north end of St. Albert Trail. And the guy we're talking about definitely has game as we welcome in uh, Zeke Thurston to Sports 1440. Good morning, Zeke. You're with Kevin Carius, David Schlemko. Welcome to Sports 1440. More importantly, congratulations on your fourth uh, Saddle Bronc Championship uh, that happened on the weekend in Vegas. Uh, congratulations. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning to you guys. How's it going? Thank you for uh, having me on here. Wow, it's just been great. So uh, a little early Christmas present for you as uh, you had a remarkable run in, in Vegas once again. Just kind of touch on, uh, you know, how the week or so went uh, down in Nevada. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was uh, it was really good, you know. Um, 
we uh, would use some good horses and uh, put together some good rides. It's uh, not easy to do 10 in a row, but uh, we got it done again. And, uh, yeah, four world titles. That's it's pretty crazy. So your last your last ride, uh, Zeke, was on a Calgary Stampede horse, uh, Dandy Delight. Uh, just to run us through that saddle bronc ride. Yeah, yeah, that was the tenth round. Um, I had a Calgary horse, a uh, horse that I'd actually won Sonoka on uh, earlier this year, and um, just uh, just a super good little horse. So basically, all I had to do was get a get a score that round. <laughs> And um, yeah, she uh, she had a good day. Kind of threw some hop skips in there, and kind of you know was a little a uh, little off kilter at the start, but we finished her good. I, I ended up placing in the round and um, sealed the deal. Awesome, Zeke! Uh, congratulations, uh, Dave Schlemko here. Um, don't want to offend you. I'm not the biggest uh, veteran of uh, <laughs> the rodeo scene, but um, I'm just wondering. You know, being a small town Alberta boy, now you've now you've won these kind of prestigious titles. Uh, how has life changed in the day to day? Are you still kind of traveling around in the same way, or is life a little more comfortable now? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, it's gotten better and better each and every year. You know, um, we uh, you get you don't get very many chances like that in your life. Like most people don't, I guess, to to win large lumps of some. Uh, of money you know and uh so the the money's been a big help you know me and my wife have have bought bought some land and and stuff so uh, we kind of got our own little farm ranch type deal going and um yeah it's uh it's been awesome but as far as the day-to-day stuff it's it's always the same um seems like year to year we're kind of we kind of have our seasons and and it always uh it always kind of looks the same Zeke Thurston, our guest on uh, Sports 1440, Kevin Carries, David Schlemko with you on a Wednesday morning as uh, Zeke is coming off uh, another remarkable performance at the National Finals Rodeo in Vegas. And just with the amount of, you know, obviously American Cowboys there, Zeke, what's it like sort of just kind of representing Canada because, uh, you know, the American Cowboys heavily outweigh the Canadians? Yeah, for sure. There's, um, I think there's a total of 119 contestants that make the national finals rodeo. Um, you know, and that's that's including all the events. And uh, I think this year from Canada we had a 13 people representing Canada, and then oh, uh, a huge number of bucking horses and and stocks, timed event stocks. Some of the best stock comes from Canada, and so uh, yeah, Canada had a, a, a good representation and. Everybody did well, and uh, to to carry that flag into the into the Thomas and Mac every night, you know, everybody's kind of got their community or maybe a, a state behind them, but we we get a whole country behind us, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. So key, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Zeke Thurston with us on Sports 1440. What's the biggest difference, Zeke, from winning your first title in 2016? So seven years later, you win in 19 and 22, but uh, can you kind of put your finger on how much things changed for you, just even as uh, getting more experience, uh, you know, on the back of a bucking horse? Yeah, for sure. Um, they've all they've all kind of come differently. Each title, you know, um, the ways I've won them, I've come from behind. I've I've led it the whole way, um, you know. So they're all they're all different and they're all special for sure. But um, yeah, I think I've just grown um, in the last years as a bronc rider and 
Um, you know, by, by this point, I've been doing it for almost 10 years professionally. So um, we uh, we kind of kind of got the playbook down and as far as where we need to rodeo and how to rodeo and um, obviously drawing good horses is key. But um, it's uh, it's never an easy task to uh, to get accomplished. So it's this year was really cool to go uh, to go back to back. Um, you know, and do as well as I did at the last two national finals as uh those uh those two I'll remember greatly. Very cool. Um Zeke, can you take us through maybe a a day in the life of Zeke at the rodeo? Like what do you do to prepare? Do you get there real early? Um maybe what do you do to mentally prepare? What do you think in the, right before that gate opens? Yeah, so we'll, we'll get the draw, um, like so. What horse we have drawn, we'll get that the night before. So, um, yeah, we just—I usually go back to Airbnb and we wake up in the morning. And kids eat breakfast, we do whatever we gotta do. We kind of start our day, and then uh, we we'll have to go sign autographs or do a show, or you know, we we'll have to do something, something like that, just about every day. Um, so we we'll go go do a few things, and by that by that time, that's pretty well just eats up most of your day and and you go back and might catch a pregame nap head to the rodeo and then uh yeah we just start to get ready get warmed up got some firing and yeah. ride some bucking horses <laughs> well, cool. just a normal day huh, day <laughs> just a normal day <laughs> uh, got some text coming in uh for you zeke as we're speaking with zeke thurston uh just finished his fourth world championship in uh, saddle bronc uh this comes from uh, lancer the rancher zeke is a legend he'll go down as the best bronc rider of all time comes from a great farm and community huge following around rural alberta that comes from lancer the rancher then i got a personal text nice, lancer the rancher yeah do you know do you know lancer maybe who knows? No, I don't. But. You you might know this one, uh, Zeke. This comes from uh, a friend of the show and a former guest and a former defenseman, too, Doug Hicks. Uh, Doug Hicks. Okay, yeah. Yeah, former Oiler wants to say, uh, ask him about Ben Anderson. He's my neighbor at the farm in Rocky. So uh, any connection there for you? No, yeah. Ben Ben was at the national finals. Um, he uh, he had a rough go for Ben, but he's uh, he's one of Alberta's great bronc riders. Um and uh, he'll be back next year. We mm-hmm. might we might get half the field in, in Bronc Riders be Alberta boys next year. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Uh, Lancer was talking about you being you know going down as one of the best of all time. Uh, only three others have won four uh, world championships. Uh, only two Cowboys have won six. Uh, and there's a, another guy that has five. Dan Mortensen and Casey Tibbs have six titles. Have you, and in Casey has six, and Billy has five. Five, yeah. And uh, Brad and Clint have four. And Pete Knight too. Pete Knight, yeah. Yeah. So you're four. I mean, what would it uh, mean to you to kind of climb that list in the all-time uh, saddle bronc uh, riders? Yeah, it would. Uh, you know, that'd be huge, obviously. And um, I've always wanted to be remembered as as one of the very best to to do it. And um, I think I think we're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two very important, more important questions that uh, need to be addressed here as we're speaking with Zeke Thurston. So our producer, uh, Brandon Douglas, we call him the Duke of Delburn around here. Just wondering, yeah. you must have come across the Duke over the travels and, <laughs> you know, just down at some maybe some bush parties or something like that. I'm, some... I'm sure I probably have. I'm sure I have. <laughs> uh, 
but he was instrumental, obviously, in lining uh, this interview up. Now, the other uh, yep. the other uh, question I had for you, I, I used to work at Global TV, and we did many stories with the young cowboys coming through the CFR over the years. So I did a story on you, and I'm trying to think. It's probably 13, 14 years ago. You probably would have been a novice saddle bronc. I'm not sure. Do you remember something like that? Because it's a, it's a fairly uh, long time ago. Yeah, that is a long time ago. Um, or to, yeah, that's pro- that probably would have been about the novice bronc riding time for me. So I'm sure, I'm sure you're correct on that. I I can't remember. Nah, that. me neither. <laughs> yeah, not too memorable. Just kidding. No, Zeke was great. I mean, we did so many great stories because that's where we got all our our global athlete of the weeks during uh, Canadian Finals Rodeo. Because um, yeah, you know, yeah, I do. I think I do remember that. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you remember about the CFR in the sense now? Um, it's coming back to Edmonton next year. Um, yep. And you you mean you got your start? You were in so many CFRs here in in Edmonton, but just your your thoughts on the Canadian Finals Rodeo as a whole? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's been going good, you know. And um, obviously, uh, they got a a new bid on a contract, so that'll. Uh, We'll, we'll be in Edmonton next year, and and I I don't I don't think change is a bad thing, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where uh, where they go with it. Hey Zeke, thanks so much for your time this morning. Congratulations, and uh, just uh, what's going to happen over the Christmas holidays? Are you going to stick around the Big Valley area, or what do you got for plans? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll uh, we'll, we'll stick around home. Probably won't get too far, and uh, just. Uh, eat and drink and be married <laughs> <laughs> do you do you recharge a little bit and then have something going something cooking where you don't go down south again in the new year how's your schedule look yeah we'll um yeah we'll just we'll kind of kick around home here over the holidays and stuff and then it, it kind of starts back up middle of january for us so we'll uh we'll be getting ready to to go again uh, well thanks for coming on uh best of the season to you and yours uh and continued success thanks zeke Yes, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. That is uh, Zeke Thurston, four-time world champion. Uh, Does he have game? Yes, he has game, and that's why he is part of the game of the day. Brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. They have 165 Ram 1500s all dressed up and waiting for you with an incredible 20% off MSRP. That's a savings up to $14 thousand dollars and again if you have a chance to head to the north end of uh, St. Albert Trail take a little toy and they've got the Ram uh, pickup just inside the main doors and you can drop it off fill up that Ram 1500 and it's all going to the Salvation Army um, I was surprised I, I was waiting for him to say oh yeah I know the Duke eh? you know <laughs> coming in there no Duke well, well like Zeke said I'm, there's a very good chance oh. that we did cross paths uh, somewhere being around the same age and from the same uh, neck of the woods but like the one Texer said the the big uh, impediment between <laughs> the Stetler slash Big Valley side of the party scene and the Delburn or Troshu Elnora mm-hmm. area was, is in fact the Red Deer River and you know going down to, uh, across the content bridge or maybe down you go Rumsey Way it, 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 it's a big deal when you're a kid in the party scene you want to keep your bush parties as close to home as possible because it makes the uh, the drive <laughs> homes uh, much shorter whoever pulls the short straw of being your DD that <laughs> night they don't they, they, nobody ever wants to be DD when you are you know going on like a 40 minute drive out to, to Big Valley for some bush yeah. party you know I, I was fair. just could you imagine him saying Brandon Douglas. 
exactly. <laughs> yeah, we had that. There was that one party, big big bush party, and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, Brandon and I got into it. And da, 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 da. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this for free: no chance I would ever be sniffing getting into it with Zeke Thurston. Uh, cowboys are a different level of tough, and I have never, will never claim to be a cowboy. I uh, grew up a farmer, mm-hmm. and that's uh, the extent of my uh, rural rural toughness. Is just uh, just a simple dirt farmer, but cowboys and uh, those real ranch types, they're they're next level. They're, they're tough guys. Uh, sorry, a couple texts uh, right. coming in just before we, uh, right when we let uh, Zeke go. Doug asked, Kevin, if you don't mind asking Zeke whereabouts in rural Alberta, does he call home? Didn't catch it. Well, Big Valley area, I guess, Duke, that's what, what we would say. Yeah, correct. Uh, uh, just outside us, kind of between Stetler and um, Three Hills, I mm-hmm. guess, if for some bigger areas, if people aren't familiar and, with that neck of the woods. And then uh, Sean says, ask Zeke if he knows the Hay Brothers from Tofield, some great young prospects coming up that you know you, you always hear these these younger cowboys that imagine how they're learning you know think about okay dave you're at nax okay you got all these kids coming in and you got them for whatever you're doing for today for tomorrow you got games on the weekend uh we're gonna do things a little different so you come out to the ranch <laughs> and we're gonna throw you on a bucking horse I'd love to do yeah. that with some of the kids I work with. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we are going, are you in or are you out with David Schlemko? That's coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. I was wondering when we were going to get to that uh, this week, Duke. Little Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's one of the top Christmas songs, really. It really is. Yeah, it's good. You don't like it? I like it. Duke, you like it? Paul McCartney, man, the Beatles. And wings. And wings, yes. Oh, jingle bell rock kind of guy. Come on, yes. <laughs> we love it. You can't beat Paul McCartney. That's not like it's so Paul McCartney to be like you, you can't just sing the Christmas song. You still gotta like put your his spin of being a little oddity yeah. and some weird little sound effects and stuff in there. I mean he's still he's still Paul McCartney, right? He's still gotta put his his pizzazz. So I think he sang that song once on Saturday Night Live, but I'm not sure. But I do know at the end of one of the best Christmas Saturday Night Live uh, episodes, Bruce Springsteen was on there, and Paul McCartney joined in with everyone else singing "Santa Claus is Coming to Town." That is That's probably that is the one of the best. Duke, can we 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 got to get that one before we? Yeah, we'll get. Maybe, that, we'll, yeah. maybe we'll save that one for Friday. If it's, we'll save like okay. the best of the best for yeah. Friday's show. That's that was one of the best. You know, the boss singing that. Didn't your mom want a certain song? On yeah. Friday? Well, that's Tom <laughs> uh, Tom Jackson, "Silent Night," oh, with better, Beverly Mahood. Tom that Jackson, one. Beverly Mahood. Yeah, another legend. Oh, Beverly Mahood, man. I <laughs> was. Uh, I met her once at a golf tournament in Calgary. Oh, were you was, smitten? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's thirty years, well, twenty five, twenty six years ago. Smitten. Dave Amber might have been there. right in your prime. Oh, I was in my prime, man. It was big time. Uh, let's just get on before uh, I get more in trouble. Uh, time now for are you in or are you out? Are you in or out? We had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. Together a team, then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out.
All right, gentlemen, fresh batch of statements to get to today. Uh, hot on the top of our mind is uh, Simon Holmstrom with a shorthanded goal last night. Brings his total to five on the season already. We touched on it earlier this morning, Kevin, but uh, Maryland Muse record, 13 shorthanded goals in a season. I'm saying that will never be broken. Probably not even sniffed, in okay. my opinion. I'm going to agree with you on this one, Duke. I I don't think so either, only because the game has become specialized, if you want to call it that. Back in the day, a lot of these guys were killing penalties. Now your star players very rarely kill the bulk of a penalty. You might see them out there for the last 20, 30 seconds. And 13 is a lot of goals for on the short end. So I'm uh, agreeing with you, Duke, here. I am in that it will never be broken. I'm with you, Kev. I don't think anyone's going to come close to that either. 13 goals in a season of any kind would have been, I would have taken that. That would have been great. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, unless you find somebody with like some Pavel Bure speed that can finish. uh, No, I don't, I don't think that's going to be touched. And you know, when you look at the list, there aren't a lot of, in my mind, the the only guy that really, I mean, that's a Tikkanen had eight one year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Coffey, as we mentioned, nine. What do you think is a defenseman, Dave, to have nine? That's incredible. I didn't have nine <laughs> total in the season, so obviously I'm impressed. <laughs> um, but even, like, the only guy that you can see really that's in the top dozen or so that was more of a – that you think of as a plumber, as a penalty killer, is the announcer, Dave Reed. I mean, Brian Rolston maybe mm-hmm. maybe factors into that. Maybe yeah. Dirk Graham a little bit, but Dirk Graham scored 33 goals that year. And uh, he had nine, but Dave Reed to me is more of the—he's your 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 prototypical defensive forward that yeah. would be killing. That probably I don't, I've never seen his junior stats, but had a had that ability to score in junior, kind of like a Cogliano that could still score as a checker. Right. Yeah, yeah, closest uh, closest that it's come in the last twenty years uh, in 0304, Marty St. Louis had eight. So that's as close as it's been. And, I mean, Marty St. Louis, uh, you know, pretty prolific prolific offensive player, like you said, Kev. Uh, We don't really see those type of guys killing penalties on a regular occasion anymore. At least the teams don't want to use their top-end players killing penalties. Mm So um, another uh, big topic coming out of last night's game was the Islanders' defense. Of course, the team as a whole blocking a ton of shots. But without Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick on the back end, uh, arguably they're you know, two of their top three D-man. When fully healthy, I'm saying the Islanders' defense and uh, as a collective is top five in the entire NHL. Ooh, that's a tough one, Duke. I think they're really close. Uh, when I first looked at the sheet this morning, I was thinking out. <laughs> but I think I might be in now. I'm, I'm trying to think of other teams' decors that I like better. I think Vegas, Dallas, L.A. for sure in the West. I'm trying to think in the East. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a pretty like good decor. Ca- Carolina, obviously, with a, a pretty good stable of guys there. Like they sit, they every <laughs> night are sitting healthy, scratching. Like a, a Dmitry Orlov's in their third pair. So I they mean, that's do. obviously pretty good. But like, I think Pelik and, and Pollock are probably two of the most underrated players yeah. in the entire league. Like we we had a little discussion about you know hypothetical Olympic teams um, yesterday with Grant Fear talking about the goaltending. I think if uh, if Canada were putting together an Olympic team, maybe not uh, now, but the last cycle, uh, I think Pelican and Pollock would have been on the team 100% as like a legitimate shutdown pair. Yeah. Pelican and Pollock are, lo- are locked in till the rest of the decade on Long Island at pretty good contracts, 6.15 and 5.75. Get healthy. 
I, I think they're right on the border. I think they're number five, so I'm going to go. I agree with this. Uh, and again, with their the goaltenders that make the saves always make the defenseman look better. Hate hmm. to say that, Dave, but that's the way it goes. That's a fact. And I'm going to go. I'm in. I, I I think that the and the Islanders can be sneaky good. Right now, they're they weren't they're winning all the one goal games that they need to. They get some guys healthy. They've got the the offensive firepower. I mean, and just think that we were talking about this yesterday, uh, and uh, yesterday, yeah, we were talking about it yesterday, Duke, with uh, Stefan Rosner from the yeah. Hockey News. A month ago, Lane Lambert was on the hot seat. Yeah, and look at him now. I mean, the Islanders have turned things around. It's a team that you probably don't want to uh, meet up maybe in the playoffs because they could do some damage. Yeah, well, they got a good solid team, and they play as a team. They play hard, committed, yep. pay the price. Lou Lamorello hockey. Yep. Louis. Uh, number three, so last night in the uh, lone bowl game that we had here as we are into bowl <laughs> season for college football, uh, UTSA and Marshall were squaring off. Uh, both quarterbacks, sons of former players, uh, Josh McCown and Chad Pennington's sons, were the QBs for the uh, the two clubs. We also saw jo- uh, Jerome McGinley's kid score his first goal as an oil king over this weekend. So I'm saying as a sports fan, there is nothing that really ages you and makes you feel old and getting older like watching players you watched have kids and have success uh, as athletes as well. How about not only as a sports fan, Duke, how about as a sports broadcaster when you are interviewing <laughs> the children of the athletes that you interviewed in the 90s? Hmm. There you go. Now there you, you want to feel old? Yeah. So, yeah, you win. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's happened to me several times. Uh, you know, when I saw this question, it's the first th- thing I thought about uh, all the bears and pandas that I've interviewed in oh, the late yeah. 90s. And their kids are now And now their kids the, are playing for the pandas yeah. and bears because it's happened on four or five occasions, yeah. mostly basketball and volleyball. I'm mostly basketball now that I think about it. So, yeah, uh, you're, you're I'm in. an old man. <laughs> I'm an old man, Duke. <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not quite as much of an old man, <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely in as well, Duke. Three for three. I think it's the first oh, time right. I've ever gone in for the first three. Maybe I'm three. Making, them too, making them too easy then if that's the case. We're not getting divisive enough. Getting yeah. back to that Marshall uh, <laughs> USDA game. That, I mean, that was a uh, UTSA game. Uh, I turned it on last night just because it was really the only game left on TV. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to see Chad Pennington, former quarterback at Marshall, you know, with the plane crash that they had there in the 70s, rebuilding the program from nothing. And Pennington was, uh, you know, a critical part of uh, helping that program get to where it is. Then his son is quarterback last night, and he just got rocked. I mean, so <laughs> I'm, I, I can't believe he got up. They showed Chad in the stands after Cole got just obliterated and you could see you could see like just even as a dad like i mean going like he's going i took a lot of hits like like that but that's a little different a little different when your son's taking it's your kid yeah yeah and and like when i was putting this part uh this statement together i was kind of like thinking what are other things as sports fans that make you feel old and it's like okay like you take a look at that we talked about with david amber this year's draft class are 2006 born kids like his son that's that makes me feel old um, when you uh, when you start to have like the quote unquote old man ideas about sports, like you know they don't play like they used to back in my day and things like that about oh, the yeah. game being soft. But <laughs> There's I, a lot of that. <laughs> but for but for me, the the kids of players we watched when we were growing up or like at the peak of our sports fandom, that kind of trumps all of them for me. So big time, I agree. Even <laughs> just talking to Fids or Vern Fiddler a couple yeah. of weeks ago there about. His son Blake, he's like six three, six four, playing junior now. I remember him in the Coyotes dressing room. He was just a little squirt. Yeah, 
Good example right there. Very good. Uh, number four, so John Morant making his return to the Memphis Grizzlies lineup last night. Had 34 points uh, at the buzzer, game-winning bucket for the Grizz. Uh, the Grizzlies currently sitting at near the bottom of the NBA standings at the bottom of their division. But I th- I, uh, I'm saying with Morant's return, he can single-handedly turn Memphis around and back into a playoff team. This is a guy who is a multiple-time All-Star and All-NBA team winner. Multiple-time suspended, too. <laughs> he loves guns. <laughs> yeah. He just loves guns. Oh, I wish he would have got suspended for a lot more. So Very fair. I, out of just you out want of, all the basketball yeah, guys suspended. I do. For yeah. life, eh? Out of principle, I I'm <laughs> out on this. Just out of principle, because I just don't like the guy. I don't agree with uh, when he came back and had his news conference there. Or what was it? A week ago or whatever. I don't think he felt like he was sorry for what he did. He. I don't think he felt that it was wrong what he did. So just out of principle, I'm saying I'm out. Don't care about him. All right. Kev thinks he's a piece of trash, so <laughs> I don't really know the guy too much about him, but I'm looking at the standings, and Memphis is 12 games under 500, <laughs> and I think the last playoff team is three or four games above. So, I mean, just with the stats alone, I'm going to say that's too big of a hill to climb for the Grizz. Well, that's the great, <laughs> the, thing Grizz. About, the great thing about the NBA, though, is they got their little uh, play-in tournament, so you only really need to finish 10th even just to get in the, uh, in the play-in games. And then after that, you can parlay that into uh, actually making a playoff Aren't run. Aren't they so, having okay, another the in-season tournament? No, they, they're, done, game over 500. they're done their in-season <laughs> tournament. Kevin. They're having another in-season tournament, I heard, in the NBA. But what the Lakers, the Lakers is, raised eh? their banner. They raised a <laughs> banner really? for it. Yeah. Oh, man. I just That's, can't believe it. It's almost as good as the Indianapolis Colts from however many years ago, like AFC Championship game host. <laughs> raising the banner for that. <laughs> right in the pred- oh. Predators had a pretty bad uh, or like bad optics banner raising too. It was for like, you don't need to raise a banner for that or something. Uh, West, I think it might have been when they went to the conference finals or something and been like participant. You don't oh. like raising those banners. Yeah. I mean, I remember even when the Oilers in 06, that was a sour, sour night. Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> Painful. Uh, all righty, we'll wrap it up here with uh, steering away from sports. And this is from a personal side of things. It got, it's kind of a grind my gears segment. Uh, Another parking lot issue. Leaving the mall last week, <laughs> I get into my truck and I'm pulling out onto 178th Street. And what is underneath my windshield wiper but a flyer? Don't even know what it was for. It doesn't matter. But it was an advertisement, not some sort of like Amber Alert thing. So don't get all over me for that. But uh, I'm saying that doing that unsolicited to vehicles is akin and on the same level as vandalism. <laughs> Boy, between shopping carts and flyers, the Duke is here's, just... Here's my point about this. I want, I want to express my full it's concern. Christmas, man. <laughs> yeah, so why are you putting garbage on my vehicle? Okay. Like, it was on the passenger side. So once I'm driving... So you had to walk around. I, yeah, huge. Actually, what I did, uh, I pulled over. Like, I got down the street, like, pulled in to get gas. I just, uh, I rolled down my driver window, turned the wiper on, and just kind of hoisted out of my driver window, and as the wiper came up, snatched it off the middle of the windshield. <laughs> so that's pretty smart <laughs> thinking, smart. I think. That's, that's great. My yeah. point being, if I didn't have the, op- like, didn't notice it was there, didn't have the chance to pull over, like, that is a safety hazard. If it was snowing or raining, my wiper's not working pop properly because <laughs> there's this freaking flyer underneath it. It drives me nuts. Why, like, do you think putting that under my windshield is a legitimate um, advantage in terms of advertising and getting me to patronize your business. If anything, it's anti because I hate it so much. I'm <laughs> never going to go to that business ever. How many times did you go or have you gone to an Oilers game or an Elks game and there might be a little flyer 
for a certain nightclub in town? Never. Just oh like Vegas. yes, Duke. Well, I haven't driven to many. Uh, and we're talking. Games. We're not talking nightclub. We're talking a little different kind <laughs> like of club. Those, uh, uh, those Vegas yeah, brochures that they club. hand out on the gentlemen's strip. club. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are a lot of those games like that. Okay, Duke. Well, I'll, I'll take this one first. I don't think it's quite the, on the same level as the shopping cart. So obviously, I was pretty rattled about that one. <laughs> I walked out of the St. Albert Mall the other day, and I had a little flyer. It wasn't in my windshield, though. It was in the door handle. And it was like a 50% off like coupon to this new spa that was opening. So I was actually kind of intrigued. Like, oh, maybe I get 50% off a massage. So like, I wasn't <laughs> mad about it, but it wasn't in my windshield. So I don't know. Does that change things? I don't know. I'm maybe, out. Maybe I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to just say I'm out on this because it's Christmas and I don't want the Duke to fly off the handle here. (laughs) These things get me fired up. (laughs) I love it. Oh, man. I think that's it, eh? I thought there might be a bonus one today, Duke. No no bonus one. Bonus Christmas season one. Uh, Happy holidays, everyone. Don't leave garbage in other people's vehicles in the parking lot. Uh, one quick text from uh, BW, and we noticed this yesterday, and congrats to uh, KK and Duke and Schlemmer. Intriguing show today. Just tuned in, uh, but so far with Zeke Thurston. And then mentioning Chad Pennington uh, gets my attention. Uh, lifelong Jets fan. But a big shout-out also uh, from or for the Spruce Grove Saints. They announced their long-term agreement with the city of Spruce Grove last night. Yeah, that came in last night and wanted to mention that. So we'll have a new home. Uh, for the Saints, a uh, nice facility. So uh, thanks for uh, mentioning this BW in Spruce Grove. Uh, it's a wait, new home? It'll be a new facility, new rink. Oh, very uh, cool. So, I mean. Moving out of the Grand Fear. Moving out of the Grand Fear. And, uh, I mean, a lot of memories in there, but, I mean, every building's time comes. And uh, yep. I think, you know, with the ownership group that they have in Spruce Grove, that you're going to see a pretty nice facility. I mean, oh, yeah. we've seen what's going on in Nisku and things like that. So, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a junior A team moving into Nisku in the next couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I was talking to J.J. Bear. I said, the first thing that you got to do is get the curlers. You got to get the Alberta, not not necessarily a world curling tour event, but get get the Alberta, get the, the Tankard and the Alberta Scotties. You get that in there. It's a perfect location. It's, you know, you got a hub. Calgary fans would still come up for it. Red Deer, obviously, fans would come up for it. And lots of curling fans here. Is so. it big enough? What is it? It's just it, about, I'd say it'll be about 2,000 with everything. Okay. With everything, you know, you got the low seats and, yeah. you know, with, with the curling thing. So, yeah, I haven't been there. I've heard it's yeah. beautiful, though. Uh, fabulous. Uh, when we come back. We think, we hope. Johnny Boychuk, former NHLer, works with the New York Islanders. You know Johnny a little bit, huh? Yeah, if he doesn't come on, we can just chirp him. Oh, wow, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Uh, That'd he, be a good segment. Uh, <laughs> Johnny is a piece of work. Uh, that's coming up at the top of the hour. Plus, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN uh, in the 10 o'clock hour. Before that, here's the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.